0: Hi class, welcome back to week number six. Um, today we'll be talking about a little bit of Chapter 5 and Chapter 6. I'm also gonna be focusing on Chapter 6 because Chapter 5 is kind of, we will be, you know, preparation for Chapter 6, so you need to review it and have an understanding of it. Um, overall, um, let's hope, well thank you very much for the Padlet, you've done a wonderful job so far, and uh, this week we will be posting a Padlet and Flipgrid. I will also try to send you a a link on a Flipgrid, how to use it, uh, just in case if you don't know how to use it. We're also going to have short videos, you need to take a look at it to really answer your Padlet question. And uh, you will have a Flipgrid where you can read the question and answer it through the Flipgrid. Now, um, as we said, your results probably by end of this week, you will have it posted. Uh, Many of you have done well, and this is really nice. So, um, without further ado, I will start the chapter uh, probably soon now. And that would be most likely... Okay. So, we'll talk today about Chapter 6. Basically, we will be talking about uh, the political economy of uh, international trade. in this chapter, we will be talking about the cross-border trade and investment. And so, we explore the political and economic reason that governments have to intervene in the international trade, why they do intervene in the international trade. And as we discussed in uh, previously in the chapter 5, you will find it also there, in a world without trade barriers, trade patterns are determined by a relatively productive and different factor of production in the different countries. So we said that if there is two country produce, um, it's, they will produce based on the efficiency level. So uh, they will probably trade between what make them say, and they would be trading say between the words And oil, if the production of oil in one country is better and more efficient, they will sell oil into this country and this country gives a trade awards or service for it. So it's according to the efficiencies and different factors like the environment and all these things. And also we we want to see, we saw that the countries will specialize in a product that they can make more efficiencies. While importing products that they can produce less efficiencies. for example, Saudi Arabia' cost of producing a barrel is ten dollars, um, which is considered to be the lowest in the world. And uh, but to uh, to for example to produce uh, a car, it won't have it will cost them so much. So they rather to produce um export oil in return that they get their cars or food or because of it's a mostly desert. So it's so very difficult to produce food there, for example. So, um, so they export oil, which is cost very efficiently, very low to, uh, say, neighbor Egypt. And Egypt, because they have a good water and lots of production, they can export the food to them. Now, uh, with the free trade, free trade refers to the situation where government does not interfere at all. They have nothing to do with any trades happening, and it's attempt to restrict uh, what its citizen can buy from another country. So. It does not really interfere with what a uh, citizen buys from other countries or what they can sell to another countries. So that's what you call a free trade. They cannot interfere in what the person can buy from other country or what they can sell to other countries. Now, the case for the government intervention, when the government intervenes, basically, when the government intervenes, they often do so by for example, restricting of import of good or service under, into their nation under different excuses while adopting p- policies that promote the export, So, so they, you know, the GDP increase by minimizing import and maximizing export. So what they do, they try to stop importing and maximize the exporting. And that's when the government intervene. There is a ways of doing it. Normally their motives are to protect domestic producers and jobs from funeral competition while increasing the funeral market for a product of domestic producers. So the farmers here, when they start producing and uh, for example, the wheat is cheaper, for example, in the U- U.S., um, the Canadian have a tendency of buying a. Uh, uh american wheat but if the government intervene uh, and make sure that they subsidize or they will talk about it in the na- after the, in, in the same chapter then um the cost of producing will go down and once goes down then um the cost of producing wheat uh, It's low, so the price is lower, so they can export and also Canadian locally will consume the local weeds. So, so as we said, normally their motives are to protect the domestic producers and jobs from the foreigner competition while increasing the foreign market for a product of domestic producers. Now, the instrument of a trade policies, when a government intervenes, they use what they call instrument of trade policies, which is include, they put in tariffs, uh, which is, you know, when you're importing something, they you have to pay some money for the government. And the tariffs are two types, ad volume tariffs and specific tariffs. Uh, there is other things which is called subsidies. That's one of the intervening. There is a import quota and voluntary export uh, restraints. There is a local content in v- requirements. Um, there is a administrative policies they can put on, and they can use the anti-dumping policies. So these are the ways the government usually intervene into uh, into the uh, trade and it's called instrument of a trade policies. Now, instrument of trade policies, as we said, first of all, first of all is tariffs. And tariffs a, could be two types. That could be an ad valorem tariffs, which is a levied as a proportions of the value of import good. So they import good and they put a proportion on it. And there is a specific tariff, which is also a as a fixed charge for each unit of a good imported. So example, uh, $3 per barrel of oil. So on oil, $3 per barrel, they can put a tariff so they can be protected, protecting the oil production within Canada, for example. Now, that's when things is coming from outside. Now, when the things wants to be exported or being consumed, uh, pushing the local people to consume this product, then there is something called uh, subsidies. And a government payment to a domestic producers, uh, like what the U.S. does for the weeds, they subsidize uh, uh, producers or in Canada, they guarantee that they buy all uh, subsidized farmers. Now, can take many forms, as we said, including like, they can give them a cash guarantees. So they give them money, they tell them grants, their cash grant. They can lower the interest, loan, interest rate on loans, so they can take a loan that is a less interest, so they can save and could be a tax break and government equity participation, like, you know, they give them a free machineries or uh, rent machineries at a very cheap rate. Everything that the lower their costs. Now, by lowering the production costs, subsidies help domestic producer into two ways, as we said. They help them to compete against the imports. So any product comes in because their local products is che- as cheaper because of the subsidies they can compete, and they also help them to uh, gain the export markets. <clears throat> now, st- furthermore, there is what you call import quotas and voluntary export restraint. So there is an import quota; there is certain quota you can import from outside like a direct restriction on the quantity of some good that may be imported into a country. And then there is a restriction is usually enforced by issuing import license to a group of individual or firms. Like what they do in a state for cheese. They will give a few companies that they're allowed to import cheese. So they're not everybody is importing and they can import a limited number. So uh, that trading. Now there is also called a local content requirement. So the demand that some specific fraction of a good be produced domestically. And this is what we see in uh, local products in Canada, especially in the cars. We see there is the Honda, Toyota, uh, and uh, American cars like a GM, Ford, They all produce in Canada and not a hundred percent, but the Canadian government, they say we have to, you have to produce more than 45% of the product inside Canada to to operate. Now, um, the requirement can be expressed either by physical terms, like 75% of the component part of this product must be produced locally like Toyota's and Honda's or in a value term, which is, 75% of the value of this product must be produced locally. Um, There is, especially in the field of high tech, usually 75% of, for example, percentage, which is a value term. There is an act in USA called Buy American uh, Act, which is specified that government agency must give the preference to uh, American products when they're putting a the contract for equipment, so the American company should buy Americans. Now, um, there is another one, is what is called the instrument uh, administrative uh, policies, which is the bureaucratic rule designed to make it difficult for import to enter a country and uh, many companies will be facing such thing if they don't want the other country don't want to really produce let you uh, import the product. For example, uh, Federal Express uh, had a problem in Japan uh, because, you know, Japan had this uh, rules against, you know, um, keeping the product has to be tested if there is for any Unacceptable, like a check for pornography and all these things. So the Express, Federal Express, couldn't compete well there. So it also gives the Japanese uh, competitor to Federal Express an, an advantage. Um, there is many of these, you probably will run to it. And the funny thing, like okay, a One of the biggest trade that happened is when South American uh, uh, telco company uh, bought in Iran uh, a third operator. Now when they bought the third operator, they couldn't operate because the administrative policies, which is was difficult. Then we had, what do you call, um, Orange tried and also failed because of the administrative. And then um, I believe uh, Orange had to pay so much money. Um, so the Turkish, Turkish had to walk out and the Orange had to pay so much money because of the administrative. So the administrative rules was like this. They started, okay, saying, for example, um, um uh, the first rule, they said, well, Orange, since the third operator should put its own towers uh, to, for the telecommunication. They said, fine. So they cannot share the towers, which is international business is allowing the sharing towers everywhere. But they came up with this rule. They said, okay. So they had to go and build their towers. While they're building their towers and putting their towers, they then they asked them, their tower should not be uh, within 500 meters of other towers. That makes, made it so much difficult uh, for the Orange to to work on it. And then uh, Huawei walked in and they uh, bought this and they started working on it. And uh, uh, they had to spend tons of money in order to get these things up and running. So by this, they made a good um, support for the local telecommunication companies and also made the other companies uh, bring towers, employ local peoples, all these things. So that's cost also, it was a a disaster for the operators. Now there is another instrument of trade policy which is called anti-dumping. With dumping is selling goods in foreign market that below the cost of production or selling goods in a foreign market at their fair market value. <clears throat> so it, it is it is we we've seen that there is some product, you look at them and you wonder how come they are so cheap. And the reason they are so cheap because of the anti-dumping, because the government is subsidizing in other countries. So they are able to trade it and sell it very cheap here. And so the anti-dumping duties, which is often called the countervailing duties. If a domestic producer believes that a foreign firm is dumping produce production in the local market it can file a petition saying uh, foreigners are uh, dumping the products at a low price, for example. In Canada, the company can complain to Canada border service agencies and service agency, which is CBSA can do an investigation. And if they find it's appropriate, can put a tax on, on the foreigner goods. So when they walk in, they still have to you know manage the prices uh, at a fair price now the the other the case for the government intervening why a government wants to intervene sometimes that's their justification there is a political uh, argument for intervention first they're trying to protect jobs and in in industries now keep in mind like there is so many uh, uh, clothing industries or shoes or and simple manufacturing have moved to China from USA and from Canada. And the reason is because they are cheaper manpowers there. Now the issues here is um, if Canada put a tax on uh, or duties on these so they can protect for example, Uh, clothing industries. But that doesn't make a big difference because better that Canadian government focus on other industries where they are strong on it. The second thing is the national uh, uh, security. The third thing is the retaliation national securities because they don't wanna be dependent 100% to to a foreign country where they like right now, most of Europe dependent almost 100% on the uh, Russian gas. And uh, Russian have an upper hand in the, the political arena because of that. Now this is what's happening these days in Syria, in um, Mediterranean Sea, in Baltic Sea, in the Black Sea, where they discover so much gas. So. They trying to Europe trying to get out of the uh, Russian domination for for example, and this is hurting their national security. Retaliation is just as example. If you see that, uh, for example, if um, what's happened recently NAFTA uh, uh, before they signing the last NAFTA, um, um. USA put some type of tariffs on uh, steel Canada, Canada put some type, type of tariffs on the milk, so that's a kind of a retaliation from Canada. Um, the other thing is a protection of uh, protecting consumers, uh, could be the product from outside it is not up to the standard or whatever, so they are coming with the, this argument that they're protecting consumers Furthering foreigner policies objectives and protecting a human rights uh, These are or sometimes is the argument that they are used in uh, To to not import a product Now um, There is other things called uh, the, for intervention, which is the infant industry argument, which is industries who just initiated there and start growing. So they need to protect it so they can get stronger. And there is a strategic trade policies um, because of certain products strategically needed in this country. So, or they want to trade it there to take control over something. Now, between all these things the trade international, there is what you call WTO or the World Trade Organization. The World Trade Organization uh, acts as an umbrella organization that encompass the following bodies. It looks after GATT, uh, which is uh, uh, trade, World Trade General Agreement, Trade and Tariffs and GETS, which is general agreement on trade and services. And then there is a trade related aspect of intellectual property rights, which is TRIPS. WTO uh, has taken the responsibility for arbitrating the trade. It's like a, you know, like a court a dispute. If there is any dispute or anything has to be monitored, it goes under the WTO, which is part of the United Nation and United Way. Now, simple basic of the WTO. When two countries, let's say, have a trade dispute, the WTO looks at the various trade agreement these countries have had over the years. And the rules which is the best outcome of the current situation. Um, so, as we said, it, it, it's an international court for the trades. So by this we are covering uh, chapter uh, uh, six. Now let me show you just very quickly what's in the chapter five. And there is not much to do. You need to just go over it, and you should be fine with it. And uh, in chapter five, basically. It's just a cross-border trade and investment definition so all you need to know is looking at their theories, um, what's being developed, NAFTA, what's NAFTA, what overview theories, uh, Adam Smith theories, different thing. This is all things that you, it's a background for the most important which is uh, chapter six, which is the application of it. So go over it and see if you have any question. You can ask me. Otherwise, I think it's a very straightforward. Look at these numbers. How you make a, a you know, an argument of uh, uh, trade. I will post these for you. You will find them there. Now, um, so uh, basically. By this, we finish with the chapter uh, uh, chapter uh, five uh, six, and you will have them posted. But I'm looking forward also to see your activities on Padlet and see your activities on uh, uh, on uh, Flipgrid. Uh, Also, I hope by end of the week, I should be able to send you these things. Uh, Your your result, you will see it posted. If it's, I will notify you uh, in the next class. Thank you very much and bye-bye.